Hey, thanks for joining us at Connection Point Church. You know, we would love for you to stay connected and a simple way for you to do that is to subscribe so that each week you can get notified when new content goes live. We'd also love to keep in touch with you throughout the week and the best way to do this is through our Connection Point Facebook page. Now with all that being said, let's go to this week's message with our lead pastor, Zach Maddox. Well, good morning. Wonderful to see your faces this morning. Some with masks and all, you know, whatever. We'll take what we can get, right? Isn't it good to gather? Yeah. Amen. It's important that we do. It's important that you're seeing other people. It's, it's, uh, it's not healthy to be isolated. So uh, that's why we try to put everybody in small groups and uh, trusting that you're connecting with other believers in various ways. And, and so thanks for being here today as we, we really round out our conversation on love your neighbor. Three very important words that, that Jesus said, the whole law is summed up in love God and love your neighbor. So if that's the case, we should probably know how to do that well, right? So our heart behind all of these conversations is these are the neighbors in our community. So how can we love them well according to how scripture would have us do that? And, and so if you have not heard all those conversations, I would encourage you to go back to listen to those. Uh, how to love your LGBTQ neighbor, you know, compassion without compromise, how to love your neighbor of a different race, how to love your international neighbor, your neighbor with special needs, and, uh, and now we've got how do we love our neighbors in need. Uh, and, and if you're not aware, in the greater Lafayette area, we've got people who are in need, and, and it is important that as the church that we personally find a way to meet those needs. And so that's what we're going to hear this morning. We're going to hear from three gentlemen who represent three organizations in our community. And I want you to hear from them their hearts and the needs that they're addressing and ways that we can be a part of what they're doing. And uh, so let's, let's just go ahead and go down the line. If you guys don't mind, introduce yourselves and talk a little bit about who you are and the organization you're representing. Hi, uh, I'm Britton Weiss, and I uh, have served as the agency relations coordinator at Food Finders for about uh, three or four years now. And I oversee two primary uh, programs, um, the partner agency program and the backpack program. Um, so the partner agency program is uh, our largest program uh, at Food Finders, and we partner with nonprofits, with uh, churches, and other faith-based and cause-based organizations. Um, they can uh, procure food through us for their programs for the specific purpose of uh, serving those that are struggling with food insecurity and other issues of poverty. Um, so we serve 16 counties, and in each one of those counties, we have uh, multiple organizations that we partner with uh, as frontline organizations that distribute food, whether it's through a, a food pantry, a soup kitchen, an after-school program, um, daycare programs for low-income individuals, homeless shelters, uh, the list goes on and on. Um, and uh, Connection Point Church is actually one of our uh, partner agencies. I, if, if you don't know, you guys have a, have a wonderful food pantry here. Yeah, so we have a food pantry here on Tuesdays, and we go and, and get food from Food Finders. So, yeah, we're very closely connected. Yeah, um, so we, uh, among other things, we also have a mobile food pantry program where we send a truck to the, or to the communities that we serve. Um, we have an on-site food pantry, uh, and we serve about 6,000 households a month, if, if not a little bit more, uh, through that um, program. Uh, and then the other program that I oversee is the backpack program. And in this program, we send bags, uh, backpacks of food home with kids over the weekends. Um, 
a lot of the kids that rely on that food also rely on the free and reduced lunches at schools. And over the weekend, they don't have access to that food. Um, so we take the burden, financial burden, and the uh, uh, burden off of, of parents to, to provide those meals for their for their kids over um, over the weekend. Um, and we make sure that they have enough to eat that way. Um, so those are that's that's my role. It has been my role at Food Finders Food Bank. Um, so yeah, it's so great. We'll go on down the line. Good morning. <laughs> My name is Pablo, and I'm representing Lafayette Urban Ministry. Um, I've been in this community for about 22 years. My kids are both Harrison grads and both at Purdue, and they grew up with Hawk. So I was very pleased to be able to snap my daughter a picture of Hawk's performance this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Hawk. <laughs> I'm the executive program director at Lafayette Urban Ministry, um, and the one thing I want you to take away from what LUM does is we try to strengthen the families in our community, whether it's giving someone food at our food pantry or providing low-cost childcare so parents can go to work and have their kids delivered a little tired and finished with their homework at the end of the day. Um, or whether it's um, providing someone a bed and a shower and a meal at the end of the night um, for those of your, our neighbors who are experiencing homelessness. Each one of those situations impacts the family. And yeah. if we could be, play a part in strengthening families, we feel like we could strengthen this entire community. Um, and we do have a video. We do. That my better, better half, my boss, um, who's more articulate and better looking than I, will <laughs> tell you about LUM. Why don't we share that video? Hello, my name is Wes Tillett, Executive Director of Lafayette Urban Ministry. I want to do two things in the next two minutes. One, say a little about myself, and two, provide an overview of LUM. As for me, I married my high school girlfriend, Rita. Together we have two biological and two adopted children and one dog. Immediately before coming to LUM, I was the founding pastor of a new congregation in Kalamazoo, Michigan. As for Lafayette Urban Ministry, LUM is made up of 47 churches supporting over 20 programs that serve one purpose, touching the future by helping children and families today. The 20 plus programs cover a whole range of services. LUM provides assistance with emergency financial needs, with acquiring valid identification, with legal immigration, and with filing one's taxes. LUM invests energy and attention directly into children through the fifth quarter summer learning program, after school program, LUM camp, and Jubilee Christmas. LUM provides free nutritious food through the weekly protein food pantry and the annual community Thanksgiving celebration. LUM provides free shelter through the emergency shelter that runs 365 nights a year, 366 on leap years, and through the winter warming station, which runs through the winter months. And through LUM's Isaiah 32 program, four families are able to find affordable, high-quality housing. LUM also organizes various events and advocates for equitable, sustainable solutions. Lafayette Urban Ministry is 47 churches, hundreds of volunteers, thousands of financial supporters coming together to give back the hope, the future, and the self-respect all people need and deserve. Isn't that amazing? What a wonderful ministry. 
And last but certainly not least, uh, on the end, we've got Trinity. Hi, my name is Ken Clark, and I work for Trinity Life Ministry. And they asked me to tell you a little bit about our program. It's a 12-month uh, residential faith-based program down in Crawfordsville. Um, we have uh, 43 beds, uh, so it, we are always full. The things uh, the men come to us from, they've made bad decisions in their lives. They've decided to choose uh, alcohol, choose drugs, choose pornography over what normally we would not want to be addicted to. Through that, um, these addictions, the world calls them addictions. We, we let the men know that there is hope, and the hope is that this is really sin. The Bible calls this sin. If, there is, if these are just addictions, then there really is no hope. Hmm. But we can show them that, hey, this is what the Bible, the Bible says these are sinful tendencies. And we, there is a cure for that, right? And we call that Jesus. Through that, we also uh, help the men with their families. Most of the men, uh, through addiction, have done everything they can to lie, to steal, to rip apart the families. Our job is to, or our desire is to reconcile the families, to bring them back together. We have people here in your church like Ginger and Mick who teach in our family ministries, and we're very grateful for them. And then finally, we also have uh, two thrift stores, one here in Lafayette and one down in Crawfordsville. And this helps uh, to fund part of the ministry. And I would encourage all of you to please go and shop there. Um, through COVID-19, we've had many, many donations, and we're looking for ways to, uh, to serve the community and, and to help them out. So we are very grateful and thankful for your church and for your support and for your prayers. That's great. Thank you. And, and so what you see represented here is in our community, and, and this is what I'm going to have them talk a little bit about, we have in the greater Lafayette area people dealing with food insecurity, uh, people who are experiencing homelessness, people who are overcoming addictions and, and dealing with sin. And, and so, you know, these are, are ways that we can also partner with what they're already doing. You know, so often uh, what I've seen is, is churches may want to say, well, well, then we'll just go do this. But I think it's happening. Why don't we just go partner with people that are already doing it and doing it well? And so that's our heart here today. And, and so maybe talk a little bit about those issues. You know, what is the problem that your organization is, is dealing with? And you kind of touched on it, but maybe if you want to explain that a little bit more. Yeah. So Food Finders, um, we provide food uh, by partnering with organizations across our service area uh, for people in need. And we also provide education. Uh, we advocate and address food insecurity in, in our service area, which we call the North Central Indiana uh, service area. Um, so first, uh, the first way that we address this problem is just by making sure that people have enough food. And we do this uh, through various avenues. Um, but just to kind of lay the groundwork, food insecurity is a real problem in the US. Um, and I find that a lot, of, uh, a lot of people aren't aware of how systemic the problem is. Um, statistically speaking, in the US, about one in seven or one in eight Households um, deal with food insecurity on, on some level, um, and the U and uh, the USDA defines food insecurity as a household level economic and social condition of limited or uncertain access to adequate food. So it's not even about just having enough food, but it's about having um, dietarily appropriate food. Uh, it might be that some that an elderly uh, individual is is choosing to eat foods that aren't the best option for them because that's what they can afford or what they have access to. Um, but it definitely can be that, that a household doesn't have enough food. A, a lot of times we see um, single uh, parent households where the parent uh, chooses to forego a meal so that their child can or children can have um, access to food. Uh, or it might be that it's not um, 
culturally appropriate for for those for those households. They may have to um, compromise uh, culturally on, on what they're what they're willing to consume. Hmm. Um, but that means that about 40 million people in the U.S. live uh, with food insecurity, and, and the uh, statistic is no different in Tippecanoe County. In fact, um, Tippecanoe ha- County is, is one of the higher need counties that we serve, mm-hmm. typically because it's one of the more populated counties. Um, and uh, you might be shocked to learn that a household of four people, you know, two, two parents, two kids, or one parent, three kids, um, they find statistically that a, a, four, a family of four that make less than $48,000 a year are at risk for food insecurity at some level. Um, children uh, are at high, higher risk than adults for food insecurity. Um, people that live in rural counties are at higher risk because they don't have access to the same resources that uh, people typically do in, in populated areas, especially transportation, public transportation. Um, seniors are are, uh, are at higher risk, and so are um, uh, communities, uh, minority communities, people of color in our, in our community. Um, children uh, may experience um, develop, developmental roadblocks, like chronic illness or falling behind in school. They miss more school, um, typically. Uh, they, experience, they may experience developmental impairments um, that cause them to fall even further behind in school, which is why we see a larger um, percentage of uh, of kids dropping out that come from uh, backgrounds of poverty. Um, senior citizens often have to choose between medicine and food. Uh, sometimes they'll choose uh, to take a, a life-saving medication and forego a, a proper diet, or um, they may forego a medication that they, that they desperately need to have enough food. And a lot of times, especially with senior citizens, what we see are um, you know, mom and dad or mom or dad might, might have been imprisoned, and all of a sudden they're... Uh, forced to care for kids that they can't support on a fixed income. Um, you know, in, in rural communities, uh, transportation is, ob- is, is uh, a roadblock sometimes to, to care, to uh, adequate uh, food sources. That and just the resources. There aren't as many grocery stores as there are in rural communities as there are in um, populated communities. And the grocery stores that exist are often uh, more expensive or uh, in a community, there might only be a gas station where you know milk is obviously going to be far more expensive than it is um, among other among other products. Um, uh, that and job availability, um, and the coronavirus has really only served to to make that problem worse in our community. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, so that's uh, that's great. Kind of why I why we exist and and what we're doing. And I'll kind of touch on the programmatic details here in a little bit. Part of the reason I want them to touch on this is sometimes depending on where you're at in our community, where you live or what job you have, you can kind of go day by day and not realize the greater needs in the community in which you live. And, and so we need to understand that there are needs and we've got opportunity to love our neighbors who are in need. So you want to talk a bit about that as well, Pablo? Sure. Um, like I mentioned before, we, we try to focus on strengthening families and um, when income is lost, um, that's when we see um, families in need. Um, and think about the ways people lose employment. They may end up getting physically hurt and not be able to work anymore. Um, They may be furloughed or laid off. Um, They may be new to the community and not employed yet. Um, And it kind of humbles us um, as staff at LUM to realize that it's just, we're all just one step away from needing someone's help. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's what, what LUM is there for. 
Um, we do see quite a few people in our food pantry. Our food pantry is a little bit more specialized um, because we focus on protein. Um, there are plenty of places to get food that are filled with carbs and sugar, and we decided that we were gonna focus more on protein, fresh produce, paper products, feminine hygiene products, and, and infant um, and baby supplies. Um, as far as homelessness, um, a lot of reasons why people are homeless and they're not always what you think. Um, you know, a small percentage of the homeless population are have um, some kind of mental illness, um, maybe can't afford medication, have not been diagnosed properly, maybe they have medication and refuse to take it, but for whatever reason, um, the mental illness is providing, uh, is prohibiting them from getting enough income to put money in the bank and, and to get their own place to live. Um, some struggle with addiction, and there are some functional addicts, and then there are some that can't function. Um, and again, that's a small percentage. Most of the people we see are just, they face an emergency. Um, they may have just separated from their partner and have been left with nothing. Not a car, not any money, not a home. Mm -hmm. So we provide them a, you know, a caring place to um, sleep and to get a meal um, and to get a shower. Um, and, and move on. Um, the other thing we provide is because so many families are struggling um, with everybody in the family working just to, to pay the rent, um, we provide uh, childcare. We do full day childcare in the summer and after school childcare. And we not only do that, but we help the kids, um, like I sort of mentioned, we, we immediately do their homework after school so mom and dad don't have to worry about that battle when they get home. They're ready to eat and go to bed and, and they're tired and um, that's a good thing for, for mom and dad. Um, so that's some of the things we do. We do a lot of specialized things like the immigration clinic, um, hard, hard system to navigate. Um, we have a tax program where we do free taxes for folks. We do the Christmas program where we make the parent the hero. So the parents come in and pick up toys and clothes and books for their kids and they take them home wrapped and give them on Christmas day so they become the heroes and not our agency. So, yeah. That's amazing, that's so great. Talk a little bit about Trinity and some of the, the problems that you're addressing in our community. Sure. Some of the problems that we're addressing, um, this past week I spoke with the health department down in Montgomery County, and they said um, in the month of July they've had over 12 heroin overdoses this past month from ages of 12 to age 45. Wow. Um, in Tippecanoe County this year they've had 21 deaths, overdose deaths of heroin this past year. Mm -hmm. And in the, in the community now there's a new synthetic opioid that's cut with fentanyl and um, in another state, this was just recently found, and it took seven cans of Narcan to bring this person back to life. Mm -hmm. So there's a huge need out there. There's a huge, huge tragedy with this. Even one of our men that are our house today, we were traveling up to Lafayette a few weeks ago, and uh, he told me that, you know, I've been in the back of an ambulance over nine times and been brought back to life through Narcan. And that's, you know, that's what the addiction looks like every day for these, for these men that yeah. come to us. But, you know, we're not really just helping them with addiction. We're helping them with hope. And that's what these men need. They need to know that there is hope out there. Our mission verse is Luke chapter 4, verses 18 and 19. And let me read that for you. When you're old, you'll need glasses, just letting you know. <laughs> the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. 
The gospel is the good news. That's the hope that these men need to know. They need to know that there is hope in Jesus Christ. He was buried, died, and raised from the dead to, for forgiveness of their sins. Because he anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, he has sent me to proclaim release to the captives, to those who are held in bondage. There is hope for that. The recovery of the sight of the blind, those have been blinded by this world system to think that, hey, I can get, it, get by on my own way. To set free those who are oppressed, those who, again, have had the heavy weight of the world on their shoulders, anxiety, worry, fear, um, not being able to find food, not being able to have a house for them to stay at. And finally, to proclaim the favorable year of the Lord. Again, there is hope for these men with addiction. There's hope for addiction. They just need to know what that is and have someone point them in the right direction. And we're grateful for your church, for your prayers, and for your, your help with us in this ministry. That's great. Um, and, and you don't all need to answer. If, if you do want to, you'd be welcome. But any stories to share in, in the roles that you're in or the organizations that you serve, um, anything that stands out to you? And uh, if you don't, that's okay. But any, anything that you might want to share as a, as a story of uh, the work that you guys do? Well, I, we, we have a staff person now at our shelter who is one of the best. Um, and he freely tells his story that he used to be a guest in our shelter. Mm. Um, he's uh, in NA, so he's addicted to narcotics and ran into some trouble where he was in the wrong place at the wrong time and got arrested for dealing. Um, and he hit a low point and was living on the streets. Um, came to us and he was in the shelter and he immediately wanted a better life. Um, mm. And we helped him get back on his feet. He got a job, he got a bank account, he put money in the bank, he got an apartment. And then two or three months later, he applied for a job and he's now working for us. That's amazing. Um, and he's just an, an amazing individual. He, he just got into a bigger apartment this summer um, because the income is steady and he's just an inspiration to all of us and, and approaches that job with the, the empathy and the love that none of us can imagine. Um, That's amazing. Yeah. That's great. Anything else? Sure. One of our men um, was on house arrest and he was on house arrest uh, for our 12-month program. He, the house arrest was over one month before the end of the program. He decided at the end of, of 11 months that he was done and he didn't need to go any further. Well, a week later, he was in intensive care with an overdose and um, realized that all of a sudden he can't do it on his own and he does need community. He does need um, believers around him and that's what his strength was. He came back. Uh, he left us very prideful, came back very, very humble. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for men who are ready to change. Yeah. Uh, the men that come to us, if they're not broken, they're not ready to change. They still believe they can do that us on their own. Mm -hmm. And it was really helpful for the men in the house to see this man come back and really be humble. He, they met with all the, all the men in the house and sought their forgiveness and explained what he, think, what he thought he was doing and why he needed to be back. And so... Truly, that's what it is. We're looking for men that are humble, that are, that are broken, and that are ready to do, um, do something different and not listen to the world and, and find a cure through, through Jesus Christ. Actually, I, I just wanted to add one more thing. The one thing that, um, and I appreciate all your prayers um, for each other and for our ministry, um, but I think we need to pray for the family or the parent 
who doesn't have the courage to ask for help because they never have needed it and that embarrasses them. Um, especially during this crisis, there have been so many new clients that we've seen. Um, and we try to serve everyone with dignity, knowing that we could be in their shoes very easily. Um, but if, if I could ask for that prayer for those families to give them the courage and the strength to ask for help Amen. and to take our assistance, um, yeah. because that's what we're here for. That's great. Uh, I would just say that um, when you talk to someone who is you know, either in line at the food pantry or is seeking assistance, um, often they're they're very open with their stories, and I've had a, a lot of great conversation with some of our some of our guests. Um, and uh, there are a multitude of reasons as to why someone is in the in the situation that they are. Um, and I found that everybody's story is unique. Hmm. Um, you know, as to why they're they they had wound up in 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 a line for for food that that particular day, and um, yeah. Uh, just know that there's a lot of reasons why why someone might might be in trouble and, and seeking help and, and to have compassion for those individuals is is probably the most important um, important thing in understanding. That's great. And maybe to kind of wrap things up, in what ways could somebody you know part of Connection Point Church or listening online and how could they come alongside and be a part of what you are doing? You know what what are the volunteer opportunities available to them? Go down the line. Cool. <laughs> um, you know, usually we rely on an army of volunteers to, to run our programs. Um, COVID has kind of been a road bump in that. Uh, fortunately, over the past three or four months, we've had the help of the National Guard, and they have been invaluable in in, in helping us run our program. We have an on-site food pantry um, that we distribute food uh, through regularly. Um, we do mobile pantries where we send a truck uh, full of food to a community and distribute food uh, in the 16 counties that we serve. Um, we have an education program where we teach classes uh, to, to our clients and, and the community at large. Those, those classes are always open to the community as well. We've had to suspend those uh, currently because of the coronavirus. Um, and, uh, you know, we, we partner with, with agencies across our service area who are on the front lines of, of serving um, people that are struggling with food insecurity. Um, we offer, like I said, the backpack program, um, among uh, some others. Um, but ways that, that volunteers, we'll be opening our facility to volunteers here shortly. Um, and you can find out more if you're interested about anything that I'm talking about at food-finders.org. Uh, the link is at the top of the website to sign up to volunteer. Uh, we use a system called um, Volunteer Hub. Uh, so you can create an account and look at all the different volunteering opportunities that we have. We rely on That's volunteers great. for our pantry. Um, we rely on volunteers uh, to sort food, uh, donated food, um, into different categories so that it can go out through our various um, aspects that we distribute food through. Um, and. Uh, you can volunteer to teach a class. Hopefully that will be back here shortly as, as things hopefully get back to a, a state of normal um, in, the, in the near future. Um, and I'd love to talk to any of you that uh, are interested in, obviously we'll take your money, um, uh, we'll, uh, or, or your donate, uh, donated food items. Um, we're always looking for opportunities to fundraise with the community or to, if you wanted to host a, a food drive either um, at your church or at your um, at your uh, work, uh, we'd be happy to facilitate that as well. So that's great. That's great. Thanks, Brandon.
Um, yes, number one, we'll take your money. Um, <laughs> undesignated, so we can spend it on whatever we think we need to spend it on. Um, but I've, I've had to fill in as the interim shelter director because our um, shelter director stepped away from the position for a bit. And it's amazing how every other day there's a need to purchase something. Um, the shelter ran out of toothbrushes. The shelter needed toilet bowl cleaner. The shelter needed deodorant. Um, and COVID-19 has not only dried up our volunteers, but it's, it's even slowed down those types of donations because we always take, um, you know, those little uh, hotel size and sample size. Um, and we sort them and we give them out every night because not only do you need a caring and safe place to sleep, um, you also need to walk out feeling clean and refreshed and ready to face a new day. Um, and some of those little things we kind of take for granted, we just aren't getting those. So we've had to actually use some of our budget money to, to spend on that. Um, our volunteers range from very, very specialized jobs like doing someone's taxes and helping someone with the naturalization process to become a citizen, but also you could walk in today and, and sort food in our food pantry or help us um, with a mailing or something like that. The three things we're, we're really struggling with right now during COVID, um, number one is the homeless shelter. Um, we usually have four to six volunteers from 8 p.m. to 7 a.m. every night, and we've only had about one or two diehard volunteers, and that makes it very difficult for the staff, and, mm -hmm. and so we've had to increase our staff and increase our expenses there. Um, so that would be one option, and you don't have to work the whole um, 11 hours, but you could do parts of that. Also, our, our child care program, um, in particular because Purdue's been gone and people are afraid to go out, we, we really need some help with the kids. Um, COVID-19 has forced us to separate the kids into pods, which takes more staff, more volunteers. Um, right now, we're doing full day from 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., and since school is starting later, we'll be extending our full day until the schools get back. Um, but then when school starts, we'll do after school. So we have those two needs. And we've also heard that Purdue's not going to allow their students to go in the community to do volunteer work, which I think is going to be uh, going to hit us hard when um, when that happens. Um, the third um, would be the food pantry. Um, we're doing curbside right now, which means there's a lot of work that happens before the clients even come. So we package up the food in boxes and and we do that. Um, Lastly, um, another creative way to give is to do some kind of food drive or we call them needed items drive. Um, our urgent needs, what we use every single day, um, besides the hand sanitizer and the disinfectant wipes and the disinfectant spray, which you can't find anywhere, um, but coffee, bleach, toilet paper, paper towels, things like that. So if you wanted to coordinate a drive and just do a toilet paper drive, um, we would greatly appreciate that. And all those needed items lists are on our website, which is lumserve.org. Just think LUM and you want to serve. Um, and also you could just Google Lafayette Urban Ministry and come up with it. There's a volunteer <laughs> tab and you can sign up for everything online or just show up and we'll put you to work. You could also just call me um, or email me and I'll connect you. That's great. Thanks, Paolo. <laughs> and to help Trinity uh, Life Ministry, a way you can be involved first is, is pray for us. Pray for our men. Pray for salvation. Pray for their families. Pray for reconciliation. You can even pray for our staff. Pray for encouragement for the staff that you'd build them up. 
We're also looking for um, our family ministry. You're quite active as a church in our family ministry. Um, there's openings there. We're also looking for meals um, when we open back up. Um, you guys have done a wonderful job of bringing a meal uh, for our family ministry. Um, if you'd like us on Facebook, that'd be very helpful. Um, if you, as you look at me, I'm one of our senior members at our, uh, at our ministry, and I'm also responsible for social media. Senior members, social media, not so intuitive, trust me. Um, we're found at trinitylifeministry.com. Um, you could also uh, shop at our thrift store. Um, that'd be very helpful. That helps fund our ministry. And what you can do the most to help our ministry is really put us out of business. If you husbands would love your wives, wives help serve your husbands, children listen to your parents. We have many men that come to us that don't have families. They've never known what it looks like to serve each other, to love each other. All they've known is to lie, to steal, and do that. If you, as family units, are loving each other, doing the things that Pastor Zach talks about here from the pulpit, um, that'd be very helpful. And trust me, the three of us, I believe, would all be, love to be put out of business. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, and, and I, I agree with that. I think with love and hope and hard work, we can get rid of the food insecurity problem in our town. We could certainly eliminate homelessness. Um, they're, not, they're not problems that aren't solvable. Hmm. Isn't that a good word? Amen. These aren't problems that aren't solvable. Amen. Last year, I was, as part of my abiding time, going through the Gospels, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and had split up my journal into four categories of who Jesus is, what he did, um, what he said, basically, in, in terms of what he taught and what he commanded. And I had gotten to Matthew chapter 25, a, a familiar passage. It was quoted partially on the video that was shared. And in Matthew 25, verse 31, it says, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. Before him will be gathered all the nations, and he will separate people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he will place the sheep on his right, but the goats on the left. Then the king shall say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you drink? And when did we see you a stranger and welcome you or naked and clothe you? And when did we see you sick or in prison and visit you? And the king will answer them, truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these my brothers, you did it to me. And then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you cursed into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me no food. I was thirsty you gave me no drink. I was a stranger. You did not welcome me naked. You did not clothe me sick. And in prison, you did not visit me. Then they will also answer saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister to you? And then he will answer them saying, truly, I say to you, as you did not do it to one of the least of these, you did not do it to me. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. So I read through that passage and the Lord just impressed upon my heart, and he said, and Zach, what are you doing about the least of these? Not the church as an organization, but personally, you. And uh, shortly thereafter, I said, well, Lord, I'm going to do something. And, and that's when we started prayer walking with some of the pastors in Cincinnati Street area. 
started going to the county jail on Wednesdays for Bible study, uh, which I haven't been able to do for a couple of months now. Um, but I guess I would just put that question before you this morning. What are you doing for the least of these? And yes, we're going to give, and that, that helps to get things done. But I also don't think any one of us gets a pass. So I don't know about you. Does anybody want to be a goat in that passage? No, that was my mantra for a little while. I ain't no goat. So I was going to figure out a way to ensure I was a sheep. And that would be my encouragement to you. We're called to be sheep. So what are you doing for the least of these? We've got three great organizations here represented, and there's others in our community um, that would make it simple for you to plug in and serve. And, and I would encourage you, find a way to do that. And now is a great time to do that. Let's make sure we love our neighbors in need. Can we thank these guys for sharing this morning? I'm going to invite you to stand as, as we depart, but I want to bless you as you go. May the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious to you, show you his mercy, and fill you with his peace. Amen. Go with God today.